This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. I was shocked. Yesterday I was shocked that Willie Nelson says that he's going to quit smoking pot. I'm not sure I believe him, but then again, I don't believe anything in the news, practically. But I might believe this. CNN.com had a headline right up at the top, Trump may win for this reason alone. So I wondered, what do you think it might be? Because they impeach him. That's what I thought. But in the immortal words of James Carville, it's the economy, stupid. A jobs report came out, and I never believed those either, saying that unemployment is the lowest it's been in 50 years. And of course, that doesn't... that could mean that most people aren't even looking for a job anymore. Those numbers are always screwy. But they said that uh, that could do it. And then at the same time on Fox, it didn't say that, but I, I saw or I saw somewhere around there a headline from Rush saying Democrats are going crazy because Trump brought us peace and prosperity and there's no beating that. Okay, so I had a vision of how this was all coming together. And at the same time, the other headline I saw was North Carolina Congressman George Holding, I think his name was, he will not seek re-election because there was redistricting for him, and he thinks it's going to be tough to win, I guess. He didn't say it would be tough to win, but whatever. Okay, so I see this all coming together as a possible scenario that that I actually think, if I had to pick one scenario I think is most likely of all scenarios, not like a 60% chance, but a greater chance than any other. It's that, okay, so we have peace and prosperity. That gets Trump reelected. But of this redistricting and the fact that so many Republicans are stepping down and not running a record number, I see over 2020 and 2022, Democrats take over both the House and the Senate. And at that point, A couple of things will probably happen anyway. I just cannot see how this economic expansion can go on forever with the low interest rates and how old it is. I just can't see that. So I assume there's going to be a correction, if not a major correction. And instead of of that historical problem that 2008 was never vetted, it'll be blamed on him for the trade war, for keeping interest rates down for too long. Maybe even his immigration policy will fold in that businesses failed because they couldn't keep up with the balance of labor shortage and part shortages from China. I don't know. So he's going to have all that at the same time. And I want to talk about this later in the show. At the same time, I think we are kind of headed towards war. I think we will have neither peace nor prosperity in his second term. And at the same time, you're going to have the legislators all be Democrats. And like we saw with W, George W. Bush, these guys rubber stamp that stuff. The Democrats make the laws and the Republicans will sign them. And even though you'll get maybe like a Reagan style, well, his second term was nothing like his first term. He really started slipping. He really started getting old. He really started getting frazzled. His core guys left him. He had nobody there. Like all those narratives that you hear for why they sell you out in the second administration. I just, I just, I, you know, the paradigm has shifted on me so many times that looking at the past isn't always a way to get to this level of refined prediction, but I feel like we're being set up for policies we didn't want and that we are, that Russia's peace and prosperity is kind of like Fukuyama, was that his name? Fukuyama writing the book, The End of History, right before like 9-11. 
you know, and he didn't mean it like yeah. the end of history in a bad way. He meant, oh, we're in this, we're in the utopia. We're in the social democratic utopia now. And that was, it's just like a harbinger of doom. So that's what, that was the big picture insight I had from all this. I don't know what the word harbinger means, <laughs> but I know that a character on a superhero show that I saw the other day became a harbinger. Okay. I think it means, I, I meant, I mean it to mean a foreshadowing, a sign, a symbol of something to come. Okay, that would make perfect for your sense character. For the superhero reference. Okay, also. great. Yeah. All right, I think we, I think yeah, we got that yeah. one. So yes, that's what I think. Sometimes these predictions are as sure a fire thing as me hanging my last picture on the wall. When I do that, we have to move. Like whatever reason it is, once the last box is unpacked. But for me, it's the last pictures hung on the wall. That is an, a harbinger of moving. <laughs> Interesting. I've uh, learned a new word today and a new well, application. Let's hope I got it word. right. I didn't know there would be a quiz. <laughs> 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 so what did you come up with? I know that there was plenty of uh, the uh, the whole soap opera that's on your radar, too. I have some thoughts that go with what you were saying that spawned in me after seeing a story where Representative Al Green, he's a Texas Democrat, he told C-SPAN last night that there is no limit to how many times the House and the Senate can try to impeach Trump. Now, he's not suggesting a double jeopardy type situation or anything. What he is saying is that he's certain that Trump will commit additional impeachable offenses in the future and that when he does, they'll just do the whole circus all over again. And he predicted that Pelosi will say this. He said that it's my belief that the speaker will probably say that we are going to move forward with what we have now, but we are not going to end investigations and that there may be a possible opportunity to do other things at a later time. I don't know if you remember, we did a show on WSB months back, probably closer to the beginning of the year, where we went through a list of what to expect. And oh, yeah, we do that in the first show of the year, usually January 2nd or whatever. We said hearings, investigations, endless you said ones. That, because. Yeah. I basically read straight from the Indivisible Guide that was released, the new one that was released after the 2018 election, and everything that they said would happen is happening, and that's because that was the plan. The plan was not we need to find the truth, we need to uncover facts. The plan was we're going to do these endless investigations and these hearings, and that's what's going on. And it got me thinking that I think Trump is absolutely going to win. 2020. I don't think there's a chance he doesn't win, but I'm not certain that he's going to get through that term, through the end of that term. Yeah, because that's, that's as we talked about, they're building up Russia to be an enemy. So by continuing to push this Russia narrative throughout the next year, it's going to keep Russia in people's minds. And the presumption on both the mainstream left and the mainstream right is that Russia is an evil enemy that attacked us. Even people who are defending Trump aren't saying that, yeah, Ukraine might have done it. They're saying, no, Ukraine didn't do it, but Trump reasonably had a reason to believe that he could, should investigate Burisma and Biden. So this agreement that Russia is evil is going to continue to be the premise in the public, it's an indirect effect of what's going on here, and there has to be that triggering event. I fear, yeah. So, what's the triggering okay, event? Okay, so here's the thing I think I fear there's a couple of things even more sinister than if you stop where you're stopping. One is that Russia isn't really about Trump, Russia is the point. Trump is about Russia. So, I think Trump yes. is there to start this world war with it's going to have Iran and Russia on the other side, and by saying that he doesn't want war that he is a friend of Russia, it makes people who feel like maybe there was a choice silent. 
Like I, he just, he wouldn't have done this if it weren't, I mean, and then that's when you're getting at Anderson Cooper. He might be a crazy lunatic a-hole, but we all know he's a Patriot or whatever. Like, oh, who knew he was a Patriot and he's Bobby Rush, you know. And then there was one other thing, but can respond to that. Suspend disbelief okay. for a moment. Let's say Trump wins in 2020. I think he will. The triggering event for the left, at least what they've been building people up through all this activism and organizing, is that democracy is failing. Well, that's what the tripwire guy said. And win. The tripwire, exactly. And if Trump wins, then their their perspective is democracy has failed. What do we do now? And so the triggering event here is that Trump won, but they would – to get people to support – an aggressive yeah. action against Russia. It's got to be more than just we're mad domestic. And I think you're right. So, it is they are going to undermine democracy itself, which, as you pointed out when we were talking about suppressing speech, that is the kind of thing that goes behind a war. Any kind of like hardcore military, we, yeah. we need to, it's like from Lincoln to W, we need to suspend the Constitution to save it kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think a possibility. I think there's multiple possibilities, but I think one possibility is that Trump wins, and then they do more investigating, except this time both the left and the right agree that Russia hardcore interfered and, in fact, did jeopardize the election, and Trump did not win legitimately. I think that that's the way that you get Trump to win and that you also get him out of office and you put someone in there because you have to have that consequence of what is this major thing that Russia did that is going to cause us to say we were attacked and we felt pain. Now, maybe there's some fake news out there that causes two groups to get into a violent clash and they can say it was Russian propaganda. But I think there's a possibility that they say that the election is invalid and they remove Trump from office and it's not going to be Pence because they'll say that the election wasn't valid. I don't know. President Nancy Pelosi Uh, gets to launch the war against Russia. I can't see the Republicans – I mean, I, I would expect if it's going to go that way, I would say it's a rerun of what happened this time, which is people say there is interference, but it didn't change the outcome. Kind of like the Roy Moore thing. You might know in your heart that it did, but I don't think you're going to get stipulation. Yeah. But I would say just one other thing. When 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 you were talking about the, the indivisible plot of having endless hearings and everything – their stated purpose was to keep him from getting anything done. And I would say that that is actually not the purpose, that the purpose is to distract us from what they are getting done. Just like we saw NATO say, oh, that all, oh, that Trudeau, Macron, um, Trump thing, that was just a show. Behind closed doors, we got this all buttoned up. And I and I feel like that's how the USMCA thing is going. Oh, Pelosi's like, oh, we'll get it all buttoned up when we take away free speech at home. But it's just a detail. Don't worry about it. We're going to just directly deal with the White House. Nobody needs to know because it's a treaty. There isn't too much, isn't as much, um, whatever. It doesn't have the same process, it seems like. I mean, I guess it does. But anyway, I feel like they're going through the process without the kind of scrutiny that they should get, and we're worried instead about the impeachment process, which doesn't have that kind of policy stuff. So I I would think it's a distraction rather than stymie. Definitely a distraction. Definitely keeping Russia on the top of the public mind as the enemy. Yeah, but I think that's about war, especially since what those tripwire guys That's what I think. Yeah, and Iran. I would say also, like the Iran thing. Yeah, Iran. Um, I want to talk about your Biden thing, but let me just interject this Iran thing, if you don't mind. Didn't you have something you wanted to say? Oh, the other Biden thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'll, All right, yeah, so here's the Iran thing. thing. 
So I've I've been here. So yesterday we talked about 14,000 more troops going over there. Today I heard this long drawn out thing on Fox where the guy was like, so we went in there and we killed all these terrorists, but it was in a foreign country. So I don't, you know what I mean? Like we are in some foreign country killing people. This guy's telling us are terrorists. Of course you're terrified because you're in their country. He said, and what they were doing is they were shooting at us. Every single one of them was holding right out of the box, brand new weapons from Iran. Meanwhile, the last time I saw a picture of weapons right out of the box, the box said U.S. Army, by the way. Like, there are there are pictures like that where, like, why does Al-Qaeda have U.S. Army weapons? You know, oh, they were stolen. We lost them. So he's talking about, they're just saying, like, Iran, Iran is attacking Americans. But, but when we have soldiers over there, you know, that doesn't count. People don't understand. But the fact is, it's drumbeats of war, which I always hear. I always hear them, and they're usually in service of defense spending. But now, with this autarky and the two shootings, the naval base shootings, did you look into those at all? I didn't go it's, deep on them. I saw them. You're talking about it. It's Pearl nothing. Harbor. Yeah, there were two, though. There was one this morning as well at an air station in Pensacola, Florida, and it was a Saudi Arabian aviation student. I mean, that's what 9 11 was. In Florida, yeah. Saudi Arabians taking air, you know, so this was, this harkens to that 9-11 event that triggered the wars over there that we're fighting now. And then the one two days ago, or the one on Wednesday, yeah, was in Pearl Harbor, and they actually said in the opening paragraph that it was at the location, Pearl Harbor Day is tomorrow. And I said, you know, this is just a few days yeah. before Pearl Harbor Day where the provocation for World War II happened. So they're really... Right. They're bringing up like real latent feelings yeah, of just wars, right? They're not talking about the Gulf of Tonkin yeah. and Vietnam. They're talking about wars that still feel patriotic to us. It's interesting. They draw up the 9-11 feelings as well as the Pearl Harbor feelings with two separate incidents. In the same week at naval bases. And there has to be something psychological about impossible to believe coincidences people don't think they're coincidences because they're not but they don't look at this being like some kind of conspiracy they look at it as being a, a sign a portent a harbinger but I, but there's one more thing a harbinger yeah. <laughs> the one more thing is that i did notice and i hope this is as far as it goes but bb netanyahu said he actually said I can annex the entire Jordan Valley, even though it's like against international law, something like that. I'm sure he didn't say that, but the article I read in Haaretz, which is a, uh, it's in English language, but it's an Israeli newspaper, I think from the left. It says, uh, I can annex the Jordan Valley in its entirety, despite anyone's objections, if you let me form a government. So... My idea that all this escalation, all this only I can deliver is about his election. Now, that doesn't mean this isn't real and bad stuff isn't happening, whatever. But, you know, we're always agitating against Iran. And we're also now, for decades now, agitating against Russia. So I don't know when that's all going to come to a head. China. I think Russia, China, Iran is going to be the new access of evil. Russia and yeah, China yeah, have been getting... Yeah. That's that's closer. Yeah. And I do believe and have always believed that Trump was going to be the person who brought it because the Republicans can somewhat distance from him, but not totally. And they don't really care as much. And the Democrats can totally distance from him. Then they can take the reins and prosecute the war the way LBJ prosecuted Vietnam 
and and Harry Truman aren't those guys all Democrats? They all they all brought these they all prosecuted these wars. Although the Democrat Party doesn't really have to own war for some reason, I don't know why. Yeah, interesting the use of the word harbinger. Harbinger in the show. I just kind of put this together. I don't pay too close attention to the show. I kind of watch the show because it's stupid in and of itself, and I also like to take a shot every time a new lesbian character is introduced, <laughs> so you're really hammered. Boy, I didn't think you CW. were that much of a heavyweight, buddy. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, yeah, it's a lot. You're getting in shape now. So it's a superhero show, and it's called Crisis on Infinite Earths, where all the superheroes oh, yeah, in the Justice League, this, I believe, yeah. get together because there is a crisis coming that's going to destroy the entire multiverse, which is kind of like a major war in theme. And they had this harbinger who was going around and letting them know the information they need to know or whatever it is. I don't quite understand the character yet. It's a new character. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. I think now you'll look at it with a different view. You'll I get will. more out yeah. of it. I, I, I can't imagine that I would have heard that word a couple days after. Uh, from you, you're the only person that probably would bring that word into well, my lexicon. Other than you the... know, there's that thing. It's a phenomenon. I forget the word for it. That once you hear a word, then all you've never heard it before in your entire life, and then you hear it like three times a day it. for the rest of your yeah. life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I will. I will help you with that. I will introduce new words for your lexicon. You do frequently. The Biden story. Most people probably saw this. Did you get to see the video? He's on his no malarkey tour. Oh. Did you know that he's on a no malarkey <laughs> tour? He has no malarkey on the side of a giant bus because there's a lot of young African-American women going, you know what? I don't like malarkey. I'm with Joe Biden. No malarkey. Yes, I would say on the other side, the, the license plate of that bus should read hashtag lose on purpose. <laughs> I guess. I'm sorry, I invented that for Trump and he won, so I, I'm a little chagrined over that one, but it does have its place. Biden must be touring around the hospices appealing to the <laughs> dead and the near dead. Hey man, slogan. they vote they they vote more they than do. once a day. They absolutely do. You're right. <laughs> but during this tour, he he showed that he means business with it. No malarkey because a <laughs> voter asked him a question about his son and Burisma. And Biden completely goes off on him. I mean, the guy guy asked a legitimate question about his son working for Burisma and the implications of it. And Biden goes, you're a damn liar, man. You're a damn liar. And then he challenged the guy to an IQ contest and a push-up contest even. <laughs> Dude, he – so was the – obviously Biden was just looking for an opportunity to do that. And he got a lot of press and for did, it. And do you think – the person who fed him the line was just any old person feeding him the line? Well, the person who fed him the line said he would still vote for Biden, which I thought was interesting. But the article about it, he was probably a plant. Right. That's what you're He's asking. Just doing I a think good he job probably was. Better job of it than Biden's yeah. bad acting. My favorite line that Biden said, because the guy implied that Biden gave his son a job, helped his son get a job at Burisma, which absolutely he did. Biden responds with going, no one has said my son has done anything wrong. Get your words straight, Jack. <laughs> Ooh, he, he jacked him. It sounded like a threat. <laughs> yeah. the best that is part such about a it, dated expression. So dated. That's what it says on the other side yeah. of the bus. Get your words straight, Jack. <laughs> Yes, that is. I mean, you're bringing me back to like my childhood. I know. It's so old school. 
the article that I read about this started off by calling the guy a voter who asked a question. And by the mid, the mid part of the article, it says this. It goes, the heckler at the <laughs> Iowa event also questioned Biden's fitness for office, to which Biden responded by challenging the man to a push-up contest and an IQ test, which he did. I, I watched he did the, video. the he did actually do that. No, he didn't uh, do the push-ups. Because, you know, rich guys and like that have a lot of time to exercise in my – If he would have got down and done push-ups, that would have been hilarious. Like but there was also question about whether or not Biden referred to the guy as fat – or whether he said facts, as his campaign said that he said. I think Jack. he says, yeah, I think he said facts. I don't think he said. I mean, it wouldn't make sense. But yeah, I know. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny that the guy started off as a voter, but then once he asked a question that, yeah. you know, maybe Biden's son the got a-hole. help getting a job, he became. It a actually heckler. bothers me when they say that he get help getting a job. I mean. Hunter was there as an operative. It, it wasn't about, yeah. I mean, of course they're going to take the salary. It's like tax exempt foundations. They're there to subvert America and they don't have to pay taxes. So, I mean, but it's, I don't, I think the salary he drew, the job he got was not quite as important as the job he was doing. Anyway. Absolutely. So, uh, so, oh, but yesterday we missed a story that, I didn't want to miss I, the Epstein thing. If anybody wants a, a a tweet in poor taste, go to my Twitter feed at Monica Perez Show regarding Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. There's been a lot of Jeffrey Epstein news coming out lately because there's a book that is being released by the guy who allegedly exposed Hulk Hogan and a oh, lot of, the, he he did a, bu- a bunch of gossip right, stuff. Right, the Gawker guy. He has, he has won some awards. Gawker guy. What? Gawker was the. I don't know Art, if he was that Gawker. Must, Maybe he I was. bet it was because that's where all that stuff came out. Yeah. There's a bit of sensationalism to his previous work. So yeah. the stuff that comes out of this book, while what I've seen so far has stuff that we've talked about in the past, I would verify stuff before I went full forward with believing all of it. But here's what some of the stuff that this book claims. It claims that Epstein was an Israeli spy and that – well, a lot of this information comes from somebody who was a former Israeli spy and allegedly the handler of Robert Maxwell. Really? What, it's a guy what named name? Ar- Ari Ben Menish, B-E-N-M-E-N-A-S-H-E. And he tells how Ex- Epstein ran a complex intelligence organization and that the reason he got in to Mossad is through Maxwell because he was dating – the daughter and the father took a liking to him. This is back in the 80s and engaged him in some of the work that he was doing. And what he did, we all know, is he set up a place where they got famous people in the United States and politicians to come around. And they would film them doing embarrassing stuff like sleeping with 14-year-olds, <laughs> you know, criminal activity. And they would blackmail him. He said, he, the guy said that they would just blackmail him. And another interesting part of the book is that a former – Palm Beach County Deputy Sheriff, his name is John Mark Dugan, was interviewed for part of the book, and he said that he revealed that Epstein had some connections to Russian intelligence and that apparently Putin has Epstein compromise in his possession. Who doesn't? You have Epstein compromise in your possession. How do you compromise a guy yeah. who's known as a pedophile? <laughs> I don't know what it – well, I don't think it means that. I think he means oh, that compromise that Epstein spy. has on other yeah, yeah. people, as in maybe Trump. Right, right. 
I don't. This is all teasing well, look, to get you to buy the book. Thing, is what it's doing. I, I so, um, Truth Dar Boy alerted me to this when Gawker came out way back then. He said this is a way of censoring the news. Of like this Gawker thing is nailing a squirrel to a tree that people will not print stuff. They will self censor lest they go down the tubes. So the Gawker thing, in my opinion, was a setup. So this guy was in this on that. This could very well that. be a setup as well. I haven't read this yeah, book. Yeah, I no. might check it out. If it does not include the most important fact of the whole case, which is the plea negotiation letter, which shows the Clinton's role in helping Epstein get that sweetheart deal, if it doesn't include yeah. that, then I'm going to call it bogus and have right. another have another motive to it. Yeah. I didn't go too deep into that because I haven't read it yet, and it's teasing a lot of stuff out. Yeah, well, it sounds like a limited hangout. You probably wouldn't even have seen the ad for it if it weren't. So it has a lot yeah, of real yeah. stuff, but it's going to leave out the real, the real, real stuff. Yeah, exactly. One yeah. more quick Epstein thing is we've been tracking the Epstein hashtag didn't kill himself meme. And you remember the Bart Simpson stuff where he would call in and ask for yeah, alcoholic. names? Of the bar. Is there an alcoholic there in the bar? So a Walmart worker, and this was filmed by the person who did it. I guess he had a covert camera. He's messing with his phone or whatever. Was filmed unwittingly participating in the Epstein didn't kill himself meme when she paged a customer with a peculiar name. She said, good afternoon, Walmart customers. She announced over the store's intercom system. If I may have your attention, please, will a Mr. Clinton killed Epstein <laughs> meet your party at the groceries instance? <laughs> Mr. Clinton killed Epstein, please go to the grocery entrance to meet with your party. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I love that yeah, one. Bravo to that, that guy. Is, that is that is better than holy fook. That is yes. I, well, not better. <laughs> Nothing is better than that. That was truly fantastic. Every that was fun was for the whole there. family. My little kids, my mom, everyone was like wetting themselves over the holy fook one. But that's good. That's good. This guy's at least honorable mention for troll of the year or something yes, like that. Yes, for sure. If they have those for awards. sure. We should do stuff like that as we wind down our year and get back on to WSB where we do stuff like that. So, but I saw yeah, an Uber I story and I thought yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. Bring. Well, didn't you see it also? I did. Do you? I, I I was doing a lot of math. I'll give. Let Let me just. Oh, you're doing yeah, the math. Yeah, I'll just. I won't tell you the like. Bottom, maybe I will. Let's see how it comes out my mouth. So, uh, Uber. There was a study by by released by Uber. They studied over two years. They found six thousand or five thousand nine hundred eighty one. Uh, reports received of sexual assaults from non-consensual touching to kissing. And uh, they had 19 deaths from physical assaults. Eight were riders, seven were drivers, four were outside the car. 97 fatal car crashes in that two-year period. They, they had 1.3 billion trips during that time. And if I understand correctly, they do about... Uh, 26 billion miles a year, which probably two thirds of those are probably in, in the U S. So I did some math and if I did my math, right. The fatal accident rate among Ubers is 25%. The fatal accident rate of the general population. So I think Ubers are, they do 26 billion miles in the world, and there's about 5 trillion miles in the world traveled. There's 3 trillion miles in the U.S. traveled, 
I think that's true. I don't know. That seems like we do most of the driving. Anyway, but as a proportion of the miles traveled, Uber has a fraction of the fatality rate. And they don't know who was giving or receiving the sexual assault. I met an Uber driver who said the girl was a jerk and he wouldn't do things she wanted him to do, which were wrong about I don't know what. So she filed a sexual harassment complaint against him and got her money back. So that could just be a scam. And every time a complaint is filed, it should. We're sorry about that sexual harassment. Here's your refund. Yeah, but he didn't do it. He quit. It was Lyft. He said he never drove for Lyft again because they made him give the money back and she was bad and she just did that. Because it was a weapon. And that's when I first realized that you tell these girls, he said she was like a bougie 18-year-old, whatever that means. I know what that means because I think I have a bougie 15-year-old. But uh, so she, not really, but this girl was like a spoiled punk and she knew what weapons were at her disposal and she didn't like him and wanted to punish him and she did. But uh, anyway, so I think that if they do stuff like that, they should file police reports because everyone's identity is known. I mean, it'd be very easy to press charges, and that should be their policy. And it seems to me that it's much safer to deal with Uber than even yourself. <laughs> That's what it seems like. The article that I read about the report, it said that ri- riders and drivers were both attacked as well as some of the assaults occurring between riders. And it said that the numbers also included – 235 rapes across the company's 1.3 billion rides and a lawyer representing over 100 sexual assault victims who are in lawsuits against uh, Uber and Lyft say that he says that 80 to 90 percent of assaults will be prevented if cameras were (gasps) in cars recording rides and the company reporting every single assault they learned to the police. So it's really two drunk people in the back and the guy or the stronger person is forcing him or herself on the weaker person. That's probably the vast majority of it because just get out, right? I guess they could lock you in and then climb over the seat. You know what I mean? Like it's to be sexually, it's, and you know who the guy is. I'm, I'm calling massive BS on all the safety thing, but I, I believe that it's about cameras. I didn't think about that. I could also be about unionizing um, for the protection of the drivers. But that's about, changing to driverless they will that's a good point so they will they are it seems to me that the drivers are going to be agitated to the point where they make it look like it's their own fault that this job had to get automated which is ridiculous because to automate driving it's it's taking the department of defense that is not a market driven thing to do but once the department of defense gives the technology advantages to the person or of their choice. You know, you've heard my libertarian take on that before. I love it. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. (laughs) Uh, I just, I think that's what's going on. And then there was another surveillance thing. So yes, they're going to go to all driverless. They're going to put cameras. That's a good catch. Both of those are very good points. And then the third thing is that they were going to, I remember they wanted to, do not like an initial background check, but like frequent background checks, maybe not only of the drivers, but of riders. So, so what's happening, it seems social score. Yeah. Oh, well that, that it is the, it is the prototype of the social scoring system and it's great. I mean, it works very well, 
But I think that what the way the surveillance state is being pieced together, it's like multidimensional. It's not like the government doing it like X, Y, Z. It's they're taking all sorts of different avenues to create a, a multidimensional, like beyond, it's like beyond four dimensions, you know, space, yep. time, whatever. But also your digital Working presence with ring. over time. Hmm? The doorbell yeah. cameras ring. So they take everything, and if they have perfect facial and gait recognition, they can pick up. This was the 24-7 total information awareness that was instituted under Bush, but Congress had to push it down when people found out about it. And they their idea was that any when your footprint, when your presence in the surveillance state is dropped by one camera or thing, it gets picked up by another one, just like the machine and person of interest and that's what's it seems like it's happening, but it's public private. Yeah, that I saw another article which I didn't get too in depth, but I have read a little bit about it in the past. Is Ring's cooperation with the police officers around the country, giving them free cameras and stuff? They want to be the company of the police that the police use, and Ring is also in like everybody's doorbell doorbell now. Yes, I and I, I have, I have a. It was in the house when I moved in a cam a camera system, just like for burglars and stuff, and I have let. There was a burglary across the street, and I let the cops take that thing because it was a real crime. They had a reason. They had the guy, you know. They and I don't want burglaries in my neighborhood. It's totally legitimate, in my opinion. Maybe, yeah. I, maybe I'm missing something. But what I would never do is let them monitor it. Yeah, you know, I just let them download the time period that they wanted. And I was there. I saw the whole thing happen because I couldn't get into my damn house. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, it's Friday. It is Friday. Mm -hmm. And it's getting close to Christmas, and I have kids, so I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. Getting into those parking oh, lots. Oh, are you getting them gifts this year? Why wouldn't I? Because they're so bad. Have they been bad? Are they on the list or what? I don't well, say naughty list because that's, that's just creepy. Why is there digital a addicts. List? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you should get them detox. No, I'm excited. I'm like, please, let me buy you like the nicest guitar in the world or whatever. Please, let me just buy you some I'll buy you a actual car. material object. House. That I am yeah. not doing. <laughs> anyway. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week to afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>